your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch, and it's just going to be me today. Josh is handling some school things, uh, getting textbooks and stuff like that. So uh, today I'm going to be talking about the offer sheet fiasco between the Montreal Canadiens and the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, all the social media stuff that's going on with that, what implications that might have uh, in seasons down the line, and what possibly Montreal is going to do, whether they're, they're going to match the offer sheet for Kotka Niemi, or they could potentially let him walk. We're also going to be talking about Tory Krug because there are 47 days left until the St. Louis Blues season starts. So we're going to talk about uh, the potential for him bouncing back with the St. Louis Blues, getting his feet wet in the system, figuring it out. He's got that first season out of the way that these new Blues acquisitions seem to have a problem with. But before we get into all of that, I want to talk to you guys about this season's top 50 NHL players because Locked on NHL has just put out a fantastic list. If you guys haven't heard about it, Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donna revealed the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network. So subscribe to Locked On NHL podcasts on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode because they just dropped numbers 50 through 41 on August 27th. And at the time of recording, it is August 30th, August 31st, tomorrow. They'll be dropping players number 40 through 31, so you don't want to miss that. But what you also don't want to miss is the drama that was going down on Saturday. So if you did miss it, here's a recap. So in 2019, the Montreal Canadiens offer-sheeted Sebastian Ajo. Uh, Offer-sheets are kind of a rare breed in the NHL. Obviously, it's something that you can do to RFAs, uh, but teams typically don't like doing it because they don't like uh, making opposing GMs mad or furious with their decisions. As weird as that may be because... Obviously, at the end of the day, every team is in the NHL. Every team is opposing to each other, and they're all trying to get to the Stanley Cup, so you're going to have to step on some toes to get there. You're going to have to beat some people up to get there. Uh, To get the best possible team and roster put together, uh, sometimes you got to make some money moves. So it's kind of curious to me that an offer sheet's one of the best ways to acquire players that are just entering their prime are very underutilized in the NHL. I think it would make for a lot more drama, a lot more chaos, and a lot more content for me to talk about personally uh, when it comes to off-seasons. But at the end of the day, that would also put Robert Thomas in jeopardy of being offer-sheeted right now. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. But regardless, two years ago, Montreal Canadiens offer-sheeted Sebastian Ajo. The Hurricanes matched it, thought nothing of it, and now... Uh, with Kat Kaniemi in the same position as Aho kind of was in, the Hurricanes decided to strike back a little bit harsher, I would say, because it kind of puts Montreal in a more difficult position than it did with the Hurricanes, because the Hurricanes, it was kind of a no-brainer. Sebastian Aho was lighting it up and um, progressing his way through his career, and kind of we've seen him evolve and blossom in the league now, so it was the right decision. But uh, the jury's still kind of out on Kat Kaniemi. I think he uh, was a... Needle pusher in the playoffs at times, and other times he was invisible. Um, I personally, I enjoy his game. I think if it were up to me, I would probably match, even though he's probably going to be making... I mean, the offer sheet has him at 6 mil, so you either match 6 mil for one year, or and you keep the player, or you get Carolina's first and third round pick in next year's draft. So if you're Montreal, that's a big decision to make, especially after coming off a Stanley Cup berth the season after. 
I feel like everyone's kind of pointing fingers and looking to see what they're going to do in the offseason. Obviously, they've made a couple of moves here and there, but this could be one of the more important ones because the last thing you want to do as a Stanley Cup team is handcuff yourself with bad contracts. And as much as Kat Kaniemi could very well be a $6 million player, the likelihood that he will be next year uh, is very unlikely, in my opinion. And having two first and two third round picks can definitely help extend that Stanley Cup window that we always talk about for the Blues is so important. And then that brings into the conversation of people that are still potentially eligible for offer sheets like Brady Kachuk, like Robert Thomas, like Elias Pettersson. I think if the stars align in a certain way with this Kotkaniemi deal and he does end up going to Carolina, I do think there is potential for this to be a trend that increases in the NHL and people are more likely to take a chance on young players that are potentially entering their prime at the risk of angering some opposing GMs. And the more people that do it, the less likely GMs will be to get angry at the situation because it keeps happening more often and more often. So like I said, I think it adds a lot of drama to an offseason that to some extent is dry every once in a while, especially with the Eichel uh, talks kind of drawing a standstill, the Tarasenko's talks drawing a standstill. That would be something else for the fans to kind of get excited about the potential of happening. So the Canadians have one week to match this. But if they do match this and they do keep Kakaniemi, uh, it would put them about $2 million over the long-term injured reserve exception space for the salary cap. So a lot of things at risk here for the Canadians, especially, like I said, coming off a Stanley Cup berth. Whether he stays, whether he goes, could have some lasting impacts, not just on the Montreal Canadiens in these next couple of years to come, but on the league as a whole and the trend of offer sheets league-wide. So if you're a betting man or a betting woman and you'd like to bet on the odds that Kakaniemi will be with the Montreal Canadiens or the Carolina Hurricanes next season, you got to check out our friends over at betonline.ag because it's that time of year again. It's off seasons and all eyes are mostly now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. So you got to take advantage of their opening day super promo. So like I said, 100% welcome bonus when you make a bet On Thursday, September 9th, that's the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose your wager, it will be completely refunded all the way up to $25. That's for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. That's NFL100 at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action from football basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, and obviously the NHL. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Tory Krug, his impact with the St. Louis Blues, how he did last season compared to his, his many seasons with the Boston Bruins. Can he get back to that Stanley Cup final form that we saw on the opposing side of the St. Louis Blues? And will he next season? We'll be talking about it here, so don't go anywhere.
All right, so let's circle back to a conversation we've kind of been having on and off on this podcast, seemingly this entire offseason, and that is the defense, specifically left-handed defensemen. But today I would like to spotlight a recent defenseman that came over from the Boston Bruins, and that player is Tory Krug. It seems like the timing of his signing, he was meant to be the replacement for Alex Petrangelo on the Blues blue line. Had some shortcomings last season, but there is a lot of room to be hopeful for his bounce back season. And so that's what I want to dig into today. So let's take a look at the Tory Krug that we saw with the Blues last season. Two goals, 30 assists, 32 points on the season. He led all of the Blues defensemen in that category. So why are we talking about the fact that he didn't play well? Well, here's a couple of stats that jump off the page at you. And obviously this was a shortened season. So let's look to last season to kind of give us an idea of the production that he had. So two goals for him this season in 51 games. In 61 games last season, he had nine goals and 40 assists, as opposed to the 30 assists this season. So he was playing with an entirely different team, an entirely new system, new teammates, new pairings, a lot of injuries. So there was a, a lot of adversity for him to fight through. And it really felt like towards the end of the season, especially in the playoffs, um, he really started finding his place on this team. And that's exactly what you want to see heading into the offseason and the next season if he can kind of mimic what we saw on the end half from him. Uh, I think he could definitely be a force to be reckoned with and this Blues defense could look a whole lot better with him being on that top pairing. Now I feel like the biggest knock for Tory Krug in respect to the league has always been his size. Um, he's pretty undersized but a very offensive-minded hockey player and very good at what he does in the offensive zone. Here's why Tory Krug playing defense for the St. Louis Blues might not be as big of a problem as a lot of people have talked about, including me, including Josh, on this podcast. So it feels like the biggest thing that we wanted this offseason was people that can clear the crease, right? Make it so that Jordan Bennington can see pucks better, not have bodies in front, not have tips in front. That was one of the big problem, problems that the Blues had in the Colorado Avalanche series was they were muscling their way to the front of the net. Nathan McKinnon was shooting it from center ice. It goes through 17 players. Jordan Bennington never sees it, and it's in the back of the net. Four out of five of their goals were scored that way, I feel like. That's why we wanted, that's why we wanted those big bodies. That's why we wanted guys that can get in there bring some muscle, bring some grit, uh, can go toe-to-toe with guys like McKinnon, body him up, and get this Blues defense back to 2019 levels. Obviously, Tory Krug is not going to be that player, at least I don't think. Unless he puts on a ton of weight in the offseason, uh, he's never really going to be the guy that's going to clear the crease and body guys up and uh, bring that hard-nailed hockey that a lot of the Blues players bring. But what he will bring is possession, and that's almost equally as good. Because if Nathan McKinnon is taking shots from center ice and they're going in, he can't shoot the puck if he doesn't have the puck. And it's on Tory Krug's stick for 60% of his shift. That's right. I said 60% of his shift. We talked about it on the last episode, but Corsi is one of the advanced metrics that is commonly being used in the NHL today. And it, you're pretty good in terms of Corsi's evaluation if you're near 50%. In the nine years that Tory Krug has been in the NHL, he's had three seasons under 60% Corsi 4. In 2014, his Corsi was 59. In 2015, his Corsi was 58. And in 2021, so last season, his Corsi was 53. The season before that, his last year with Boston, his Corsi was 61.9. So that is an eight-point drop just from going from Boston to STL. You would expect those numbers to kind of bounce back to form. I know a couple of episodes ago, we talked about 
being skeptical about the fact that he tweets about Boston a lot and seems like he really enjoyed his time there and really misses the place. And I do think, like I said before at the time, anybody who's worked anywhere moved uh, will definitely have some feelings in place about those old places. But I do think if he does have a bounce back season with St. Louis, the fans here will embrace him. Uh, They'll hold him up on their shoulders sing his praises when he's playing top-notch hockey. Like I said, 60% Corsi. I mean, those are incredible numbers. So if he starts putting those up in STL, he's going to realize how great of a sports town this is, how great the fans we have here are. And I feel like he's going to dive headfirst into the culture and the city of St. Louis. So I feel like those could potentially go hand in hand. So he has a bounce back season. Uh, He embraces St. Louis as a whole. Next thing you know, he finishes his career here and he's got two more Stanley Cups under his belt. Who knows? I'm just saying the possibilities are endless and this guy is the real deal. Just because he had a down year doesn't mean you get rid of him in the, in the expansion draft, doesn't mean you ship him off in the offseason. Uh, Doug Armstrong knew what he was doing when he traded for Tory Krug. He knew what he was doing uh, when he was looking up the analytics and he knew that if you're going to move on from a guy like Alex Petrangelo, you're going to need to bring somebody in that's going to possess the puck that can be a lethal offensive asset to this team. And that is the player that I believe Tory Krug is and will revert to next season. When it comes down to it, there's just going to be a lot of questions still surrounding this team next season. Will Jordan Cairo be like his first half of last season or the last half of last season? Will Justin Falk continue to prove himself as the number one defenseman on this team or fall off again? Will Colton Pareko assert himself into the A and the number one defenseman on this team? Or will his injuries continue to plague him? Can Marco Scandella improve from last season? Can Robert Bertuzzo improve from last season? Will Pavel Buchnevich and Brendan Saad continue the disappointing trend of first years with the St. Louis Blues and the new acquisitions? Or will they be able to hold their own in the new system that they're in? And one of the biggest questions still swirling around Vladimir Tarasenko, franchise player, who meant so much to this team. Will he be back with the team next season, as it seems like trade talks have kind of gone dry for the time being? We're going to get back into that conversation, but before we talk about that, I want to remind you guys about Built Bar, because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they've got so many amazing flavors. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy and good for you too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You order a day and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team as well. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now while you're there, you got to check out our friends over at DirecTV because I want to ask you something. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get all of your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. 
so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. So without further ado, the latest on Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford came out with a Q&A in The Athletic the other day uh, and basically outlined all the teams that are kind of still in on the hunt for Tarasenko. The Carolina Hurricanes are in that discussion as well as the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders. It seems like with the Islanders, there's really no telling. With Lou Lamorello, uh, he's always got his cards close to his chest, and there hasn't really been any announcements about his offseason signings even up to this point yet. So another topic that's still kind of up in the air is Robert Thomas. I do think that the Blues will obviously bring him back. The question is how, and I think that kind of hinges on what you do with Vladimir Tarasenko. If Tarasenko comes back, uh, this season and is at training camp. There's a possibility. Rutherford said that Robert Thomas will not be at training camp if he's not under contract, which I think is understandable. Um, but the Blues could potentially allocate Oscar Sundquist's money because it sounds like he won't be ready to start the season uh, and he'll be on the long-term injured reserve. So they could use that money to pay Robert Thomas the 3 mil or 2.8 mil that it sounds like he's looking for and then kind of go from there and work around that situation. But at some point, you are going to have to move pieces around to bring Robert Thomas into the fold. And it sounds like that big piece that needs to be moved for a lot of people is Vladimir Tarasenko. Jeremy Rutherford said that if Tarasenko does come back to the Blues, he will probably be on a second or third line role and playing on the second power play. Obviously, bringing in a guy like Bushnevich and Brandon Saad, they should be getting time on the power play as well as time above uh, Tarasenko, who won't be here in the foreseeable future. And Saad and Bushnevich has, have both signed long contracts to be here a couple years. So it only makes sense to slot them in the lineup above a guy who won't be here probably next season. Uh, Rutherford also lists that two of the possibilities of players coming back to the St. Louis Blues in a trade with the New York Islanders is Bavillier and Mayfield. We talked about both on this podcast before, but personally, I would love Scott Mayfield coming here. I think he fits a dire need for the Blues, a right-handed defenseman uh, playing in his hometown. We saw how that worked out with Pat Maroon. He played fantastic here, brought a Stanley Cup here. Uh, we could potentially recreate that magic with Scott Mayfield, who was also on a very team-friendly contract. So to get a player like him, I do think the Blues would have to retain some of Tarasenko's salary in the trade. And it sounds like Rutherford is also on board with that because the more salary you retain in the situation, the better return you're going to get, obviously. So I think that's the kind of that's kind of the situation that's holding everything back right now is Rutherford wants to retain as little of his salary as possible, but he also wants to maximize the return. And unfortunately, um, when it sounds like negotiating with these other teams, they're not going to allow both of those to happen. But basically, after a month of Tarasenko news going dry, that is uh, the recap and the sum up in Jeremy Rutherford's best words uh, to what is currently going on. But uh, as always, we'll be following it very closely here on the Locked on Blues podcast, but I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 15 You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.